Empower Radio presents the Dr. Julie Show, all things connected. Break through the illusion of separation, explore the infinite field of possibility, and make connections that inspire. Now, here's your host, Dr. Julie Crawl. Hello and welcome everyone. You're listening to the Dr. Julie Show, All Things Connected. Each week we gather right here to make connections that break through the illusion of separation. What motivates us? How do we create a balance between thoughts, words, and actions? And how do we align ourselves in relation to our higher self to become the universal light beings we were meant to be? Our guest today will teach us how to shed ego, fear, and blame, and thereby open the gateway so that we may connect and work with Source. We'll focus on a spiritual practice created 2,500 years ago by the Essene Mystery School. Its purpose is to heal the whole self by connecting each individual with Source energy. I invite you to take a few deep breaths, bring your awareness into this moment, Open your heart and mind and settle into your essential wholeness as I introduce our guest. Lars Moll is an internationally renowned author, speaker, and healer. He's the founder and chairman of the humanitarian organization Hearts and Hands and co-founder of the Galila Institute of Energy and Consciousness in Denmark. Lars has been listed as one of Watkins' books, 100 Most Spiritually Influential Living People. His books have been translated into 16 different languages and consistently featured in the bestseller list in his native Denmark. Welcome, Lars. Thank you very much for having me. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for being here. And Lars, I have a traditional first question here on the show. I like to ground our conversation into a larger perspective, which we're not going to have any trouble looking at the subject matter today. But I, I always like to ask our guests, if you could share with our listeners, what does all things connected mean to you? Oh, it, it's, you know, it all, if you just, if you just uh, stop a little bit and, and look at, at uh, the first book of the Bible, the Genesis, it said that, that humans were all born in the image of God. And ex- that actually says it all, you know, because you need to know. And, you know, being, if I, like I have been studying the, the Aramaic language of Jesus for so many years since the 80s, you have to understand that what that means to be born in the image of God. That means that we, every, each one of us carry a, a kind of a flame, eternal flame within us, which is the image of God. And that is the eternal side of us as human beings, something that cannot, it can never, ever uh, stop existing. It is the the light that Yeshua or Jesus told us that we would never, never put it underneath a bushel. Make it shine. And this is really what all spiritual work is all about, to make your light, your inner light, your eternal flame shine. Not the ego light, but the eternal image of God within you and me. Mm. That's what makes us all one. Beautiful. I, I love that. And I really appreciate the how you wrote about that in the book. I have The Gate of Light in front of me, your newest book. And um, 
you have you have a chapter where you're talking about this light, and I I can't wait to dig into it more because it's so yummy to think about. You you have a great way of making this whole process and this idea very simple and very palatable. It's like we can totally absorb it and embody it. So I'm looking forward to that conversation. But first, I would love for you to share with our listeners and myself a little more about your story. You have been a mystic from a very young age and um, and yeah, and then you had this incredible healing. So both of those stories are so important to set the context for our conversation. Yes, it all started when I was 10 years old. My little sister, who at that time in 1960 was six years old, died from a brain tumor. And that, of course, uh, uh, was a catastrophe to me, and it changed my life completely. It meant uh, on on a daily basis that that I suddenly was able to see and feel other people's pains and worries. I took that upon me, and it kind of opened something inside of me that I was not, uh, I was, nobody was able to help me. I could go anywhere. So when I was 15 years old, I was really in a mess. And one day, I received an envelope with my name on it with uh, anonymous post, And to this day, I don't know who sent this envelope to me, but within it, there was a small book of of sayings of the Sufi master Hasrat Inayat Khan. Uh, I opened the book randomly, and the first thing that came to me was the saying, if you will approach us, we will bow down and lift you up. And to me, that was really like the angels uh, talking to me. And from that moment on, my my spiritual path began. And that was, uh, I was 15 years old at that time. And um, you should also imagine that I I didn't have any schooling because I was so sensitive to noise and to, uh, to almost everything in the world. So So I never had any schooling. So I started... Uh, studying myself, the books of Hasrat in Ayn Khan and other uh, traditions. And that was really my main work to rest of my life until now. To to exist in the world, I became member of a rock and roll band and had some some success, you know, and I wrote songs to other artists and so forth. But Actually, the main thing was that I was studying and studying and studying. Until 1995, I more or less withdrew for the music. And suddenly one day I became sick. Nobody could diagnose me uh, or cure me or anything. So I I was uh, lying in bed for three years. And uh, after two years, a friend connected me to uh, to a man who she, she she told me could help me, and I phoned this guy. And after a few calls, uh, he was there, and within five minutes, he got me out of bed. And you know, it was the most amazing thing because imagine your world had been in black and white for three years, and now suddenly it was in sparkling colors. And um, I asked him if I, I, I had to see him, and he, he told me to come to uh, the Holy Mountain in France uh, of Montségur. 
and I became his apprentice for seven years. And that became uh, a complete new awakening for me. You should imagine I have been studying almost all my life, but never really practiced it. So now I met this man who have never read anything, but have practiced all his life. So this was the perfect match. And from that moment on, from 1998, I started a really heavy practice uh, under his wings, uh, working as his uh, pupil or, uh, or apprentice or whatever you would call it. And that was really the start of my my new life, you could say. And he asked me to go back home to Denmark and and completely skip my life in in uh, showbiz. And uh, that was what I did. And uh, I've never, this has been a blessing for me ever since. Mm. So tell us a little bit about this, the healing, this healing that you received from him. And then during that apprenticeship, there's so many miraculous things have occurred and, and you write so well about it. But I'd love to hear just. Yes. Yeah. Uh, actually, everything in, when you were together with this man, he, he he died in 2007, so he isn't here anymore. But working with him was really learning how to simplify everything. It seems that we human beings, we love to complicate everything that is simple. It is like that we don't believe it's anything, it isn't worth anything if it's not complicated. But he he learned me, he taught me that if it's not simple, forget about it. And the healing I received, uh, five minutes after uh, I put down the phone, I felt a, a, a quiet knocking or tickling in my neck. And it, this went on for a few minutes, and then I became very, very tired and, and uh, went to bed, slept for two hours and woke up, and the change had occurred. This guy, he... He was taking calls every morning uh, from 8 to 9. He started his day from 7 to 8, just sitting. He didn't meditate. This was something that he really, no, 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 we don't meditate, he said. We just sit. And he sat for an hour, just silent. And afterwards, for an hour from 8 to 9, people called him from all over the world. And he was able to diagnose them even if they were situated on the other side of the globe. And afterwards, he healed them in exactly the same way as he had did me. And I had been sitting by his side for months at a time, just learning and watching and uh, trying to understand what was going on. And it is, it is actually quite simple. And before I met the seer, Kelly uh, de Montségur, as he, he, his name was. You should you should know that I have studied the Aramaic language, and I've studied all the tradition, the, the religious traditions of the world. So I had a lot of knowledge, but I didn't know how to go about. I have read about a lot about healing. I knew a lot about the old mystery schools of Jesus and Mary the Magdalene. I knew about the Essenes and the therapists of Alexandria. And I read a lot about their methods. And what really struck me when I, when I met him was that this guy, he, he didn't know anything about all this, but he was actually using some of the old methods in his own way. 
And those methods are actually quite simple. And this is what I try to put in the book, The Gate of Light. What is not so simple is to clear yourself of the noise that we all have surrounded ourselves by. You know, all our fears, all our uh, worries, you know, all the our mischief and things that is just uh, standing between us and what we really are looking for. Uh, we need to to get rid of that. We need to transform all that before we can start working with uh, the cosmic energies and uh, the consciousness level that is needed for us to do the thing. But to do the healing is very simple. And to do the, the whole ceremony and the method in itself is very, very easy and simple. Everybody can do it. It all comes down to how pure you are because in our time, and you know, you know all about that living in America with Trump and everything. It's so easy to say anything you want. You know, I mean, words come, they are cheap. But as it's, it is said in the method, you need to, to balance your, your thoughts and your words and your deeds because if there's no balance between them, you will fail. If you, if you think one thing and say another and, and do a third thing, I mean, you're, you're just creating noise. So actually, if you, if you, if you read the, the, um, the, the New Testament from an Aramaic perspective, you will find that it is full of deep, deep wisdom and knowledge about how to heal, what, what, what kind of uh, thing you need to focus on in order to clear yourself of the noise you have surrounded yourself by, in order to activate that energy, that healing energy that is everywhere. You know, when we sit down and we kind of go into a prayer, maybe we pray for somebody who needs healing, maybe we try to send healing, but there is no sending. It's not us sending anything. We are just kind of activating something that is already there, waiting to be activated. And this is what it is with uh, every one of us. We are kind of, um, we are prayers in ourselves, awaiting to be activated, to unfold the healing within. That is why Yeshua or Jesus said, remember the kingdom of heaven is within you. It's not something weird place up in the sky. It's actually something within you. And it's, you know, like the image of God. We are born in the image of God. He's talking about exactly the same thing. And working with uh, this man, my, my, my teacher, it, he, it was so profound to see how he was he were able to practice everything I have read in the Bible that Yeshua had done, and a lot of other people, you know, of course. But uh, he was a genuine and and really, really serious healer who I have never met a man or anybody else that could do what he did. He was quite extraordinary. Uh, the only one I can, I can compare him with is your uh, Edgar Cayce, your sleeping prophet, from Virginia. Mm. 
and they were all they were both able to read in the book of life and that was most extraordinary i could ask him anything i could for example ask him uh, give him a name of a, a of a close friend of mine that he had never met or heard anything about and he would just go and read the the report on that person in the book of life you know mm. Well, before we go into the, to that, the reading from the Book of Life, you talk about the Akash. Some people might recognize it as the Akash. And, mm-hmm. and you talk about attuning to these frequencies. Um, first, you mentioned clearing this noise, the worries, mm-hmm. the anxiety, the, the mm-hmm. noise of everyday life, the technology. The, there's so much going on. Let's talk first about clearing this noise what what might you suggest to our listeners today of of what are some of the techniques or or suggestions you have for us to really get to that pure state to create the conditions for that healing to come forward it's all about consciousness you know we all have a shadow side a f- two years ago, I met the Dalai Lama, and he told me that also he uh, de- had to have to deal every day on an everyday basis with his shadow and his mischief. He he's actually every day in a mo- every morning he says he has to deal with his anger towards the Chinese because of uh, his homeland uh, Tibet, but this is something we all have to deal with, and if we if we, if we don't recognize that we have a, a, a darker side or a shadow side, then we are, we are actually just creating more noise uh, by the minute. So we have to, to put ourselves, what they said in the Bible, in an unprotected state, meaning that you are not looking for God, but you are trying to step out in the open so God can see and find you. When you are freeing yourself of all your mischiefs and all your noise by just recognizing it, then you are already putting yourself in an unprotected state, meaning that this is the state to 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 be in, in order to to create the first pure connection towards what you would call God within you, or the higher self. You talk about unprotected state as um, we're not hiding with all of our own like addictions and distractions and mm-hmm. in ways that that we literally push that dark side in and ignore it or you know all these other things and so I just wanted to to put that in here because being unprotected is really coming clear and clean by by clearing all this noise, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. Just to be conscious about it, then the transformation has already begun, you know? Yeah. And and this is the the really important thing. Not because everybody can say, yes, I know I have my my faults and this and that, but you really have to dig deep and have the, the courage to go real deep in order to to see everything face to face. And when you have faced it, that's the that's the the minute that you recognize it. That's when the atonement starts, you know. And the atonement is such a brilliant process because after the atonement, the atonement begins, you know. Mm-hmm. Then is what you became one with who you were supposed to be, and then 
the real fun starts. And it's really actually the most simple thing. It just takes a little bit of courage and a little bit of, of uh, uh, what do you call it? I mean, patience, you know, yeah. courage and patience. And You know, Lars, you said um, with the Dalai Lama example, mm-hmm. I think this is an important piece. I just want to really land this piece because you were talking about him every day Mm -hmm. dealing with his anger at China Mm -hmm. and and literally so often we as humans will take the collective shadow and put that outside of ourselves like that's not mine but boy I'm sure mad about this political thing or this policy or what they're doing over here and we're in judgment and and all the time and yet we don't claim that as our own shadow it's something outside of ourselves but that's a good example with the Dalai Lama who says I'm taking responsibility for it every day yes exactly Mm, powerful powerful mm. so thank you so this at one atonement begins and then this healing you know i want to really dig into the healing after the break but before here i'm wondering if you can say just a little bit more about creating the conditions for healing to come forward besides the clearing that noise clearing the shadow and and you do caution us in the book that this is the most important piece of the whole practice because if we haven't done it we're not ready for the healing but Mm. what else do we need to create the conditions for healing before we talk about the actual healing i think uh, you know the the key to every uh, to every tradition is the breath the holy breath you you need to to establish the holy deep breath and you can just inhale as deep as possible in the stomach. It, and it goes like it, inhale, stomach out. Exhale, stomach in. Exhale, inhale, stomach out. Exhale, stomach in. And when you, you, you have, this must be, be something you do automatically. And you can, you can train that, you can rehearse that when you do the dishes, when you do the laundry or whatever. But just rehearse it so every time you provide uh, this uh, kind of breath, it's just going on automatically. After that, you provide a mantra. And you you focus your breath in and out of the heart chakra in the middle of the breastbone. And on while inhaling, you say, Malkuta Desyam, no, Ruka de Kutcha, which means in Aramaic, Ruka de Kutcha means Holy Spirit. And exhaling, Malkuta de Shamaya, meaning uh, kingdom of heaven. Using those two Aramaic uh, expressions for for Holy Spirit and kingdom of heaven is very, very powerful. Inhale, Ruga de Kutsa. Exhale, Malkuta de Shamaya. Ruga de Kutsa, Malkuta de Shamaya. Ruga de Kutsa. Malkuta de Shamaya. This is the uh, instrument that I have used for years and that I find is most extraordinary. This is from the mystery school, from the heart of the mystery school. And I can really recommend you starting doing this practice today. And it's all in my book. You can read it there. 
Yeah, beautiful. Well, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, there's so much more to learn from Lars about the healing, the role of breath, prayer, and attuning to those right frequencies. We'll be right back. Meditation channel, nonstop meditation music, 24 hours a day in the new Empower Radio app. Music to empower your meditation, help you relax, sleep, or provide a calm background while you work. The Empower Meditation channel is interruption free. Listen now with the Empower Radio app, free in the App Store, or listen online at empower.fm. Soothe your soul, calm your mind. The Empower Meditation channel. Well, Jason, I've got to tell you, you're pretty much everything this company is looking for in an entry-level candidate. Great. Your resume isn't quite what we're used to, but you've got a fantastic work ethic. Thank you. And I'm impressed by how you carry yourself. So, should we talk about the job? What? The job? Oh, sorry. Yeah, I have no way of recruiting or even meeting you. This interview didn't happen. It may sound ridiculous, and that's because it kind of is. There's a huge pool of talent your company is missing out on. Meet the grads of life. Who are they? Talent worth knowing about. Young adults of unique determination and experience. An ideal fit for your company in an entry-level position, internship, or even mentorship. They might not have every qualification you typically look for, but they're exactly who your company needs. Man, we really could have used him. Don't miss out on a resource many innovative companies have already discovered. Go to gradsoflife.org to learn how to find, cultivate, and train this great pool of untapped talent. Brought to you by the Ad Council and gradsoflife.org. When I have an asthma attack, I feel scared. It's like tiny nails in the air poke my lungs. I start to cough. Sometimes my parents have to take me to the hospital. Today, one out of 13 children suffer from some form of asthma, accounting for nearly one-third of all emergency room visits. I feel like I'm choking. It's kind of like an elephant is on my chest. A little whistle sound comes out when I breathe. But while your child may suffer from asthma, asthma doesn't have to make your child suffer. There are simple ways you can prevent your child's next attack. To learn more, log on to www.noattacks.org or call your doctor. Because even one attack is one too many. I feel like a fish with no water. Brought to you by the EPA, the Ad Council, and this station. Green, green, green. It's our home, it's our dream. For a life that's healthy and clean, make it green, green, green. My mom said making it green is making sure the air in your home is healthy for your family to breathe. Make sure you test your home for radon. It's easy. Just call 866-730-GREEN. Make it green. From the US EPA. Empower your life. Empower Radio. Now back to the Dr. Julie Show. All things connected on Empower Radio. 
Welcome back. Hey, if you're inspired by our conversation today, I invite you to share it with others and maybe even listen to it again. You can do that by visiting my website at thedrjulieshow.com where you'll find all the archive links as well as a listing of upcoming guests. Again, that's thedrjulieshow.com. Also stay connected all week on our Facebook page, All Things Connected with Dr. Julie, where we continue the conversation. Today I'm here with Lars Mull, author of The Gate of Light, Healing Practices to Connect You to Source Energy. And Lars, right before the break, we were talking a lot about clearing and, and getting us ready for this healing. And I'm, I'm looking forward to um, continuing this whole conversation about connection to source, attuning, the role of the heart. You talk about that light that's within us. But first, why don't you share with our listeners, how is this healing practice different from other energy practitioners that are out there doing Reiki or healing touch or other kind of energies? How would you describe it? To to be honest, I don't know what the difference is because I don't know any other, you know. Okay. So, so um, uh, I only know what I've been taught by my teacher, uh, the seer, Cal de Montague, and what I've been reading from the old mystery schools. And they yeah. kind of coincide with each other. So it is that the, the main thing is that we as human beings are the most sensitive uh, beings in the universe as it is right now. You know, we, we are really... And if we forget about this sensitivity, you know, and we, if we become too much, uh, won't wind up in in technology and you know, gadgets here and gadgets. My teacher always said, every time you turn on a GPS, you turn your back on your own inner GPS. Mm. And it's not that I'm I'm really happy about my GPS, you know, in my car, but uh, you know exactly what what he he meant when he said that. Because yeah. every day we are actually turning our backs to ourselves because we put all our energy in in the outside world and on gadgets and electronics and this and that, you know, everything that is very, very nice and helpful in everyday life. But we seem to forget. We talk a lot about staying connected. We talk a lot about this and we talk a lot about that. But really taking responsibility for that sensitivity was something my teacher was really, he really, really cared about. And as he said, it is so simple that people cannot believe it. But, and actually because they don't believe it, they won't succeed doing it. They can talk and talk and they can read all the books in the world. But if you want to learn to ride a bike, you don't go to the library and find a book that tells you how to learn to ride a bike. No, you have to hop on on the the bike yourself and learn to balance it. You can go to the library and read about the traffic rules. That is something completely else. And spiritual books actually is nothing but traffic rules. It's all about what you experience. How do you experience riding that bike? How do you experience uh, your sensitivity apparatus? How do you experience everything? That is what counts for you. So, but in order to experience something, we have to, to, to dare and go out there and 
put ourselves in that unprotected state in order for us to unfold all the inner powers that we, we were given. We are actually already enlightened. We just have to wake up and realize it and start mm. start acting like we were enlightened, you know? Yeah. So Thank you for that. Mm. You know, the, the to answer that question of how it's different, I really appreciate you saying, I don't know because you don't practice. The thing that I, I'm really impressed with your depth and breadth of knowledge of the the mystery schools and your command of Aramaic and, and bringing in the Old and New Testament and, and Yeshua as an example. And, and so the thing that, that I feel is different is that you're really, and you just basically said it, you're teaching us to be in connection with source mm-hmm. at all times. And yes. that's where the healing comes, is really acknowledging that light that's within that kingdom of heaven, that's within, that is us, not yeah. separate from us. So we're not looking outside of ourselves no. to a source to heal us. We're really empowering this, connecting, attuning to that right frequency and allowing that healing to come exactly. forward. Exactly, exactly. Okay. Well, tell us a little bit about, you have one technique in the book that you teach step by step. And I, I appreciate your attention to, you know, setting the space as sacred, lighting a candle, going into prayer, but you have a technique. Do you want to share that one with us? Yeah, it's, it's quite, this is something, you know, when we start if you have never prayed, for example, a lot of people, they don't know how to pray because they, they think it, they feel it very awkward to do it, you know, because they actually don't really know what it, is, what it all means, you know. But to pray, you know, is actually to activate something that is already there awaiting to be activated. It's not just something, as I said before, you sent somewhere. It's, you activate something. When it's said in the Bible, knock and it should be open, you ask yourself, knock, where should I knock? How do I knock? What, what does that mean? To knock is to start practicing spiritual work. And this method is one of the oldest from the, the Essene Mystery Schools. And you, in my book, you can see how you, you, the preparation is. You, you can do, a, a, for example, Our Father in Aramaic that goes like this, Heavenly Source, you who are everywhere, hallowed be your sacred Shem, kindle in me the fire of your clarity, here and now and forevermore. Open my heart to the power of your compassion and free me from the fetters with which I bind myself and others. Lead me from self-deception. Let me repose in the higher self so I can come closer to you. Forgive me and let me forgive until my actions become one with your sacred moment. Amen. And after, for example, a prayer, it could be another prayer, whatever you choose to, to pray, you just sit in silence. And the first thing that you, you sit with both hands on each your knee, and your left hand is the first one that comes to life. That left hand represents the feminine in you. And in this uh, practice, it's called Sarah. Sarah coming for Seraphim, that you 
may have known that is from the angel heresy of the seraphims. Sarah is actually meaning the fire of God. And Sarah is the divine feminine fire that is connected with and is the most powerful angel energy, almost as potent as the creative principle itself, God. And now you reach out for you and, and put it on your right shoulder, reaching out for the masculine. Yes. Mm. And while you're, while you're sitting like in that Sarah, you just imagine exactly what you're doing. You are conscious about what you're doing. Now the feminine in you is reaching out for the masculine. The masculine is the right hand, and it now turns its, its face upside. And it is sadok. Sadok meaning justice or righteous. It's coming from Melchizedek, you know. And now you, you, you lift your, left, your right hand and put it on your left shoulder. So now the masculine is answering the feminine, and, and in that, this way, they are now connected. Yes? Mm-hmm. And when you are sitting there with both hands on your shoulders, you know, the left hand on your right shoulder and your right hand on your left shoulder, you, you can see that there, there is a cross with your arms uh, making a cross just in front of your heart chakra. And now you, you pull in with your, you inhale through that center into your heart and up through your, the chakra of the third eye and out while you open the two arms and stretch them out in front of you saying city and city means this is the, the, the servant, the healer, the one who, when the masculine and the feminine are, are merging as, and is becoming one, they can move mountains. And when you have let the healing uh, flow from your heart out in wherever you direct it to, to the one you, who need healing, when you're finished, you put both your hands back on your heart chakra in shim. Shim meaning this is where you belong. This is your home, your inner flame within you. Uh, see, it's really hard for me to explain it here in words because it takes a little bit more than that, and there's so much more to it. But this is in all simplicity. It's, but of course, there's more to it than that. Mm -hmm. But Sarah, Sadok, Seti, Shem. Sarah, feminine, Sadok, masculine, they too become one. And when they become one, they can move mountains. They open up from the heart out in the world, let the power flow towards the one who needs healing. When it's done, you collect the masculine and feminine again in the heart by laying both hands on the heart chakra in Shem. And Shem is the root word of Malkuta de Shem Aya, meaning the kingdom of heaven. Shem is actually the power of life. This is the actually the energy of God within us that is forever. Shem Aya means heavenly, but Shem is that force of God, that image of God within us that we cannot 
food underneath a, a bushel. This is the 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 one source that was with God before everything was created. And we are actually carrying it within us, each and every one of us. So when we are doing this uh, practice, we are actually connecting, you are connecting your inner kingdom of heaven with another one's kingdom of heaven. This is how it's done. You can activate the kingdom of heaven within another person. When when a person comes to you uh, and who, who needs healing, it is mostly, off, very often, and mostly people who are not connected to, to their own uh, kingdom within. So that is what you need. They need you to help them activate this kingdom of heaven. It is that simple. And everyone can do it. Everybody can do it. And my teacher said, everything I do, everybody can do. It's just a matter of if people say, oh, this cannot be done. I'm, I'm not good enough. I cannot do this. Forget it. Then, of course, it's you have blown it. But the minute you understand it, you can take responsibility for saying yes. And you need to say that yes so loud that when a person comes to you for healing, that person knows immediately that that person have come to the right place, that here is a haven, here is somebody who can help me. If you cannot provide that yes, never ever go in there, never ever go in uh, as, a, as a healer, a therapist. You need, this is all that is needed. This is the yes. Mm, the yes. You write a lot about the shim, and I, I, I hear it as the kingdom of heaven that, you refer to the luminous net, the mm -hmm. eternal flame. Some will call it the light of Christ, and mm -hmm. you're calling it the one source. I, mm -hmm. um, it's S H M. And so for a while, I was I had to go to the back of the book and look at the glossary to say what is this S H M. But mm -hmm. it's a simple. Is that an Aramaic term then for the light of Christ? It is. It is. Yeah. Indeed. Okay. Okay. And then the role of the heart. So where does this sim re or shim, I should say shim, reside within the body? Is you, you talk about the heart and breathing into the heart and you, you write a whole a whole chapter on the role of the heart. Yes. You know, it's really the body is actually only the house we are living in right now for the fifteen minutes we are here. Mm -hmm. And after we're here, we go somewhere else and we leave this body. So it's really a conscious level, consciousness level we are talking about. We are talking about the, the light body, which is, you know, the auric field that is very much connected with the etheric field. And, you know, the, the, what you call the Akash or the Book of Life is part of the etheric field that is so much connected to our light body that is also in a way etheric but your light body is yours personal and it is merging with the collective uh, eth eth etherical level and it's sometimes it's hard to see where once the one stops and the other begins and vice versa so we are in that way always connected but you know when we create noise with fears and envy and hatred and all these kind of things, we create a, a blockage between us, uh, in the uh, between our light body and the etheric field and the book of life. Because 
actually, we are carrying all the information about who we are, where we come from, what we are doing here, and where we are going within the light body. Light, the light body is consciousness. It is the con- it's a conscious body of us. And so wh- when we start doing uh, spiritual work, we are slowly, slowly connecting to all the information that we are carrying around. When you go to a clairvoyant, if it's a good clairvoyant, that clairvoyant will immediately start reading your light body and all the information you have brought to that clairvoyant. If it's not a good clairvoyant, the, uh, he or she will start reading her or his own information and mistake it for yours, you know. And there's too many of those. So real seers are, are, are not that you don't come by them very often. Uh, I only knew a very few, uh, though I know a lot of people who who, who are saying of themselves that they are seers and, and clairvoyant. We are all uh, clairvoyant in speed, you know, but we have, before we can really go into that sphere, we need to clear uh, ourselves of all the noise, as I said before. Yeah. Well, thank you. I appreciate you bringing in the term consciousness because it, it, we're talking about the same thing, right? We are mm-hmm. all exactly. consciousness, and, and these mm-hmm. are different ways of, of looking at that consciousness and, and connecting into source mm-hmm. consciousness exactly. as well. Um, so with the attuning, you, you talk about us really being um transmitters and receivers with this Akash when you're talking about this um, heavenly body the book of life and mm-hmm. we're sending and receiving what's the role of our thoughts what happens when we have those negative thoughts what happens? Then we create noise mm. that's exactly so and this is all mind stuff you know and we should just realize that if you think that the intellect is the highest ground you can reach. You must rethink this because it's beyond what we are talking about. It's something that is beyond the intellect and the mind. And a lot of people have a very, very hard time to understand this because to go beyond the mind and the intellect is to leave the, the field of the, of the ego when you, and 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 reach the higher self, so to speak, and it takes a little bit of courage to do that because the ego is a tricky one. You know, it's really a trickster. The the ego can also help the 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 the, the starving ch- children in in Africa, but it always needs something. Uh, it wants to gain something from it. You know whilst the the higher self are only trying to live up to its natural calling. So that's the difference of the two. And we have to deal with that uh, in some... There's nothing wrong with the, with the ego doing this and doing that, but at some point we need to realize that we have to, to leave it for a while in order to take the next step. Yeah, beautiful. Thank you. Thank you for that. You you also talk, you have several places that you talk about prayer, and we, we mentioned it earlier in the program already, but there's a really long prayer in the book. And I'm wondering if you could speak a little bit more about the long healing prayer. Yes. It was a friend of mine, a Scottish lady, actually the, the lady who translated my, my books into English, 
Jane Helbo. She's a practicing uh, Baha'i practitioner. You know the the religion of Baha'i. Mm-hmm. Yes. And and uh, we were in an interface uh, 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 kind of meeting, and uh, we all each had to read something from uh, from the tra- uh, tradition that we represented. And she was reading that prayer, and I just. I mean, it just hit home right away with me. And I started using the prayer uh, in hospice work. And it was amazing to see how it really helped people. Either they were they were dying more peacefully uh, or so in, in, in more than one uh, time, it brought people out from the hospice. And uh, it's actually a prayer that can uh, raise the the almost dead, I would say. It's it's a beautiful and deep prayer. And you just, I, I used to just sit beside the bed of somebody who needs the healing or whatever, and I just read it very, very slowly. It doesn't matter if that person's asleep or if they have already left the body. I just read it all the way through, silently. Mm-hmm. And it works wonders. And um, I was so delighted that uh, the Baha'i community uh, gave me the permission to print it in the book because it's so powerful, really powerful. It really is beautiful. And it's very, it's it's like lyrical in the beginning. It's just so, it's, it's so nice on the ear. So thank mm. you for sharing that with the world. Well, Lars, I'm curious about your work now. You tell the listeners you speak, you teach, you heal. Are you doing individual healings? Are you doing, what are you doing now? Yeah, I have done a lot of uh, thousands of individual healings, and but it, it became too much for me because uh, I, I actually, it was taking all my time. And my, my work was to, to, uh, to, to share all this knowledge with the world. So that is what I'm doing now. I'm actually coming together with my wife, who is one of the Europe's best sound healers, to the Omega, Omega Institute in New York in September, where we are doing a, a week's workshop on, the, on Yeshua and Mary the Magdalene. The, the, mm. secret, the secret the te- secret teachings of Jesus and Mary the Magdalene. So that is what I'm doing right now. Nice. It, Omega in September. Can they yeah. find that on your website? I, I neglected to yeah. share you can that go, with. Yeah, or you can go to Omega Institute's uh, website and find it there and nice. see all the uh, conditions and what, what to do. Yeah. Nice. Jesus and Mary Magdalene. Nice. You can also find Lars at LarsMole.com. That's L-A-R-S-M-U-H-L. Yes, and, and, uh, so, sorry. Uh, there is also, if you want to really go to see, uh, there is a video on uh, Vimeo.com called The Gate of Light, Lars Mool, and also on um, YouTube. And you can... I'll take you to the very cave at Qumran in Israel where Yeshua went to do his 40 days in the desert into the unprotected state. Oh, nice. So that's on Vimeo and YouTube? Yes, and I sing actually that old prayer there that they were doing, uh, so that is also in the book. So you you can see with your own eyes how I'm doing that old ritual 
at the actual place where it, it happened the first time. Oh, Israel. nice. So you said Vimeo and YouTube, The Gate of Light? Yeah, last move. Okay, excellent, excellent. Well, we have about four minutes left, Lars, and I, I'm <laughs> just curious if, there, if there's anything that you would like to share with our listeners today that we didn't get to talk about. Yes, I just want to say that put away all your fears, forget about all your doubts, and go out there and be the one you were supposed to be, because maybe there will be no tomorrow, so why not do it now? Why wait? Because we only have 15 minutes here in this life compared to rest of our life that is eternal. But there is a reason for you being here now, so why sit and wait uh, go out and do what you're supposed to do, and you can practice uh, down at home, uh, uh, at at your 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 drugstore. You can do it when you do your your dishes. I mean, you can do it everywhere. So mm -hmm. now go and do it, please. Beautiful. You also mentioned getting out into nature, and yes. just going for a walk, getting out in nature, and and really feeling. The, the the grandness of all of life. Mm, exactly. Beautiful. Well, Lars, thank you. It was such a joy having you with us today. I really appreciate your work and your voice and mm -hmm. your your wow, your command of of all of this information. It's really a gift to all of us. Thank you for having me. Thank you very much, and bless you all. Oh, thank you. And friends, thank you for tuning in today. If if the conversation has touched you in any way, if the topics moved you, or there's some idea, a part of this conversation that you feel would make a difference in somebody's life, I invite you to take a few minutes and share it with others. And then, of course, if you feel called, sign up for my email list so we can stay connected. I want you to be a part of this continuing conversation. And my greatest hope is to introduce guests like Lars and ideas like this that impact how we experience the world and make this an ongoing conversation. I want to leave you with one of the quotes from the book, and to me, it is really inspiring and uplifting. So I hope you enjoy it as well. As soon as you understand who and what you are, you realize that you're not separated from the world, but manifest a holy space through which the creative principle, God, can be expressed. The more luminous that space is, the higher the awareness that can be accumulated there. Every single person is a spark emanating from the great cosmic fire. Every single soul is in God is a whoop <laughs> I messed that up. Sorry. Every single soul is a part of God's endless symphony. Everything plays a part in that heavenly orchestra. You've been listening to the Dr. Julie show, All Things Connected. Thank you again for tuning in with us and remember together. We're creating connections for the good of the whole. Until next time, I'm sending you a world of love. Bye for now. Mm -hmm.